Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 430. Play Thrush. And as I was just learning the game, agreed to play for the pittance of a single silver bit per hand. He made the mistake of letting me deal, and left in a bit of a huff after I won 18 hands in a row. I suppose I could have been more subtle. I could have played him like a fish on a line and bilked him for half his estate. But I was in no mood for it. My thoughts were not pleasant, and I preferred to be alone with them. An hour after lunch, I decided I was no longer interested in currying favor with the mayor. If Alvaron wished to trust his treacherous manservant, that was his business. I'd be damned if I would spend one more minute sitting idle in my room, waiting by the door like a whipped dog. I threw my cloak, grabbed my loot case, and decided to take a walk down Tinnery Street. If the mayor needed me while I was away, he could damn well leave a note. I was halfway into the hall when I saw the guard standing at attention outside my door. He was one of Alvaron's own, clad in sapphire and ivory. He stood for a moment, motionless. There was no sense in asking if he was there on my account. Mine was the only door for twenty feet in any direction. I met his eye. And you are? Jay's, sir. At least I still rated a sir. That was worth something. And you're here because... I'm to accompany you if you leave your room, sir. Right. I stepped back into my room and closed the door behind me. Were his orders from Alvaron or Stapes? It didn't really matter. I went out my window, into the garden, over the little streamlet, behind a hedgerow, and up a section of decorative stone wall. My burgundy cloak was not the best color for sneaking around in the garden, but it worked quite nicely against the red of the roofing tiles. After that, I made my way onto the roof of the stables, through a hayloft, and out the back door of a disused barn. From there, it was just a matter of jumping a fence, and I was off the mayor's estate. Simple. I stopped at twenty inns in tin on Tinnery Street, before I found the one where Denna was staying. She wasn't there, so I continued along the street, keeping my eyes open and trusting to my luck. I spotted her an hour later. She was standing at the edge of a crowd, watching a street corner production of, believe it or not, Three Pennies for Wishing. Her skin was darker than when I'd seen her last at the university. Tanned. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. How many inns does she stop at? Twelve. Did I say, I, I probably read it twenty. Did I say the word 20? Yeah, you said 20. Is it 12 in your book? It's probably 12. Give me a second. Okay, well, it's 12 in mine. 20 it, does seem like a lot. 12 seems like a lot. my brain just like, yeah, it's 20. It's 12, but I read 20. Ah, yeah. Because my no brain worries. filled in a blank. Even 12 is a lot. Even 12, it seems like an awful lot. I wonder how much time he spends. Maybe Tinnery Street is just full of inns, so he just like goes door to door. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I guess like maybe they're small, so you can just like you go in, you ask, you leave. 
Mm-hmm. Not much for privacy. If you can just describe someone, they'll be like, why, yes, they are staying here. I'm not sure that privacy is uh, something that Edens would really care too much about. I I don't know. Like, if you go to a hotel and say, hey, is so-and-so I don't mean in here? our I world. I mean in this world. Oh, I feel like the same principle kind of applies. I think if you go to a hotel and ask, like, they absolutely do not just, like, offer that information. There's all kinds of reasons that someone staying at a hotel might not want to have their information given to some someone off the street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Me doesn't bother me. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say when we started? Why is three pennies for wishing important? Because that's the play he brought up earlier that has dead nettle in it. Oh, right. Huh. Awkward. And but he shows up just as dead nettle appears in the fourth act. I well, can't help but wonder if, if as a writer, like when writing the first draft of this, you know, he gets all into it. He's like, yeah, I started seeing a play, Three Plenties for Wishing, and it had this character, Dead Nettle, and, they had a, and then realizing that it, like, messes with the pacing, he transplants it to a little bit earlier um, so that it's not just, like, describing things as they come. Because I would be bothered if he launches into a description of the play as he sees it, but I like the that way it's set up now. It. Yeah, we already know about it. It feels inclusive rather than... It's been seeded. Yes, precisely. Well, I, I guess that's the page. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't I, have a lot of trouble finding her this time, sort of. Well, he, yes. he, it's like after he's kind of given up actively looking for her, he's trusting to luck. He's uh, he's letting the force guide him rather than... Which like, is how he always finds her. Well, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, spinning leaf. Maybe that's... Uh, eventually, he, he starts to think of this as spinning leaf, right? Uh, which is like naming mode. Uh, so it's possible that this is sort of related to, uh, to naming where you sort of enter your, you let your sleeping mind guide you. Mm. The writing of the sentence, uh, keeping my eyes open and trusting to my luck bothers me because I feel like it should be trusting my luck. Why is the word two in there? Yeah, I'm not bothered by that. I think that also makes sense. It's it's a slightly more old fashioned way of writing it, but I think it, it, it works for me. Yeah, I feel like trust my luck is more action-oriented, whereas trusting to my luck is more passive. Yeah. 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 I I like how Quoth, how changeable Quoth is. He, like, he builds a guy in cards, he, like, sits around his room brooding for an hour, and then he just goes, screw it. You know what? I'm going for a walk. I I don't care anymore if I'm in the mayor's favor or not. I'm uh, I'm done with this shit. Which is a very... 15-year-old thing to do. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, this is exactly who I was when I was being a moody teenager. Be like... Yeah, it's like so dangerous. Like I was saying, I feel like disappearing right now is tantamount to admitting guilt, right? Like... It certainly will only lower the mayor's estimation of him and increase his suspicion of him. That's for sure. And Quoth intellectually knows that, but he doesn't care. Which, again, is a very teenager thing to do. Like, not... Not having an adequate assessment of risk versus reward he he also has to know that this guard sees him try to leave the room and goes back and i mean i guess if the guard is really lazy he's like not gonna bother checking up on quoth but if he's at all good at his job he's gonna go that kid tried to leave here once 
He's probably not just going to give up because he saw me in the hallway. I wonder if he's going to try and make it out the window. You know, like I, you got to figure that they're going to start looking for him pretty soon. I mean, maybe I'm giving Foth too much credit here, but like he's an awful nimble roof jumper sneaky man compared to what I think the court is used to. So they might not think that he would be very good at getting all the way out of the estate. Maybe not, but all they have to do is open up the room to check on him, and if he's gone, they'll know he's gone, right? I mean, they might just think that he'll stay in his room. Like, they'll be like, oh yeah, he's like any other noble, non-noble friend of a noble. He'll just hang out there. Like, they probably do this all the time to people. What I'm saying is, if they are any good at all at their jobs, all they have to do is look in his room and the jig is up. So that's a huge risk, because that's, like... They might come into his room to bring him lunch or whatever, you know? Like, it's not like they need a reason to go into his room. As far as what what it is for him that is his main motivation for leaving his room, is it more because he is frustrated that he can't, or that they don't want him to, or is it because he wants to see Denna that badly? Yeah, I think that for him, the ticking clock of... Denna said to come and look for her in this one place has overwhelmed his good sense. But I also think another factor here is I think some part of him has already given up on the mayor's court entirely. He's like, I have burnt. I think some part of him thinks that he's already burned all his bridges here and it's only a matter of time before the hammer falls. So he doesn't actually have to care that much about his position at court. Cause as far as he, as far as some part of him is concerned, he's already screwed. Well, and not just his position in court, but if he has to flee the mayor's court, chances are he'll have to flee Severin, which means he won't get to see Denna. Mm. So I agree with you, Jeremy, that he's already sort of has, he already has, counts this bridge as burned. So he's trying to get his Denna time in before it's too late. Yeah. Shall we trundle along then? Let us trundle. Sure. Listeners will trundle into your ear holes on tomorrow's page. Of the... Wee! Wee!